welcome to another episode of uh, our podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Alex. And we have a special guest, Washington insider correspondent Ned Bent with us today. How are you doing, Ned? Evening, fellas. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so let's get right into it. It's been um, one week and a day since the insurrection at the Capitol. And um, earlier this week, the House impeached Trump for the second time. Um, Zach, how are you feeling a week uh, from the insurrection? Uh, well, it's it's pretty crazy. It's the first president ever to be uh, impeached twice. So some history making. And I'm sure Trump uh, is happy to be on the wrong side of history there. But um, I'm glad to see that some lawmakers are, are taking a stand from whatever way uh, they can. Um, I think they should move forward with Trump's impeachment so he never can take office again, um, even if it won't remove him from office. But I'm glad to see there's a little uh, a little bit of repercussions coming back. Ned, any any thoughts? You 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 were in D.C. when it all happened. You've been uh, very close to the situation. How's the the week been for you? Oh, it's it's been it's been a mixed bag. Uh, obviously, I I wasn't very happy with how it went down, but you know, in the, in the week since, we've gotten a lot clearer situation of what it was like inside you know the Capitol and around the Capitol at the time. You know, I feel like a week ago it was more like, oh my God, how did this happen? And then. Over the past week or so, it's been people like, all right, well, this was happening and this happened. And then, like, this is what caused this to happen. So it's been kind of interesting seeing how, like, everyone tells the same story, you know. Um, so I think the events of the last, like, week are pretty logical. Like, the, the you know, the steps to do the impeachment, this, the, the calls for the 25th Amendment to possibly get used. Um, I, I just don't know that. Impeachment might not be the best like use of time with Biden coming in, but I mean, I think it's appropriate to to ensure he doesn't return to office. It's just that that seems to be the only reason to do it at this point, you know. Yeah, to be honest, I can see both sides as far as impeachment. I think that there should be consequences for his role, and um, obviously, barring him from future offices is um, would be a great step and a great re- repercussion for his actions, but. At the same time, um, the Senate still has to confirm a lot of Joe Biden's cabinet. And there's just a lot of things that have to be done with the transition. And and Trump is leaving in a week anyway. So I kind of see both sides here. Yeah, I think I mean, it's it's nice. To, it would be very comforting to me if he did get impeached. and could never take office again, because um, that's a worry that's been on my mind is after this, he's going to come back in 2024, you know, and. And run again, which obviously I I don't think anyone wants to see that. Um, and he could kind of, you know, rally up his base in those next four years about how you know, the election was fraudulent and everything like that. We've seen how I mean they tried to take over the whole Capitol. They'll do anything he says. So um, I think to get Trump out of the Republican Party and get him just out of politics in general would be helpful to all Americans. It'll be interesting to see this transition, uh, not just the president, but just like, where does the G- GOP go from here? You know, a lot of their base, like, they just kind of are attracted to, to, to Trump. Is it really like the Republicans anymore? Or is it just like Trump and, you know, whoever, whatever he says? So I'm interested to see like how that power is trans- transferred off because he doesn't seem like somebody who wants to give up the spotlight, you know, um, you know, just pass that on to another leader. And that's where kind of like, I don't want to say cult, but like, you know, if you follow a leader like that, I feel like they struggle a lot in transition periods. So 
the next couple of years will be interesting and the whole impeachment and whether or not he can run again for office. It's an interesting thing to see how it'll play out. I mean, he'll be 78 in 2024, you know, what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I think um, impeachment might be a step for the Republican Party to separate themselves from Trump because I think he still has a really tight hold on their base. Um, but the thing is, what what is going to loosen his grip on the base? And I don't think impeachment really matters uh, in the eyes of his base, to be honest. Um, so if that's their plan to use impeachment, maybe as sort of an official way for them to at least individually separate themselves from Trump. But I don't think it helps with his base um, or like lessens their love for him in any way. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of infighting in the Republican Party in the next four years. You know, a lot of like breakoffs and um, they're not going to know where to go from here. You know, do they follow Trumpism and like kind of what Cruz has been doing or do they try to go for a more moderate base like a, a Romney or someone more traditional like that? You know, who's their next rising star? Is it Pence? Probably not. You know, it's it would be interesting to see who who rises to kind of take a hold of the party. I mean, thinking radically here, does what if Trump splits off from the the, the normal, the like I guess the the Republicans calling for unity and stuff like that? Does that happen? <laughs> what does that do to anyone? It's just a a lot of what ifs, you know. I think my my biggest thing for the last few days is just: um, you think he's going to go out with a bang? Do you think he's going to go out and do a few things in these last few days? I mean. You can't really say for sure. Like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't imagine if he had Twitter right now what he would be saying. Um, it's yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure he's got one more or two more things left before the inauguration. But I would say people are trying to keep him, you know, uh, under wraps. But uh, that obviously hasn't worked. But we'll see. I mean, he gave that uh, that speech the other night a week after the insurrection. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. It's totally, we don't know what's going to happen until, until the inauguration. Yeah. Speaking of inauguration, what are, what have you guys heard about the plans for it? I know they have like, what are like 10,000 some troops, national guard troops there. What Ned, do you have any insight on what's it like? What's the setup for going to be? Uh, as far as I can see, they've, they're ramping up security. Um, they're also encouraging people not to come. So I've been seeing on the local news and just a lot of local announcements around here, like, uh, oh, like Airbnb is encouraging like renters to to not honor reservations over Inauguration Day. And I, I think like even certain airlines are like saying like, oh, don't check your guns and come here. And like a lot of the local leaders are like, all right, well, you know, we're encouraging you guys to stay home. Like Maryland, Virginia, DC, they're encouraging people to stay home. People are still going to come, but I just, I'm not sure the event's meant to be like a big numbers driven event this time around. I mean, just given how Biden's run his campaign and his rally and his rallies, I guess, but um, you know, I'm just curious if the, the, the right wingers will come back. I know that's kind of a, a thing that's been floating around. And so that's really the concern. It's not really that there's going to be big crowds or anything. It's just who's going to come, who's going to show up, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine they're going to have it pretty locked down after the insurrection. You know, even before that, I'm sure it was going to be pretty locked down with, like, COVID precautions and stuff like that. Yeah. That was the idea anyway. It was supposed to be kind of more of a virtual event. Um, 
But, you know, I, you never know. <laughs> I, I heard Tom Hanks is actually hosting and Lady Gaga is singing the national anthem. So that's kind of cool. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks. Love it. Tom Hanks. Holy man. Man. Yeah. He was like the first famous person who got COVID. Remember that? He was. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thought it was real after that. <laughs> yeah, oh, just uh, um, Washington Post said they're gonna the National Mall will be completely closed for inauguration day, so it's not gonna be much room for for people to do do their thing. So, which is yeah. probably good. Yeah. They're even would... saying uh, they have a lockdown perimeter around the Capitol right now, where if you don't like move your car, like you'd stuck there until like you know, however many days after the until <laughs> forever. Yeah. yeah, it's stuck so there until they're done. <laughs> it's his car stuck there for two weeks. I left my phone Man. in there. <laughs> you gotta get the work. I think it's like someday this weekend. I thought it was really funny. They're like, please move your car on like channel four. <laughs> you know, somebody's going to get their car stuck in there. If you want to use it. Biden, Biden gets a mic. Uh, someone who has a white suburban. <laughs> the owner of the gray Mazda. <laughs> oh, It'll be interesting to see what the, the, the week holds, um, especially with that. Um, with the inauguration coming up in D.C. But, yeah, nothing like – I don't think it'll be anything like what it was two weeks ago. Or, I mean, you can't let that happen twice, right? Yeah, I would hope that they learned their lesson after that. Yeah, I mean, one thing I remember thinking when I was watching that was, like, the security was so laxed and so weak to, like, this group of rioters and the jurisdictions are so complicated, like what's federal land, D.C., because they're not a state, everything is way more complicated. Who actually locks down and protects the Capitol in an event like this? Who's responsible for this? That's a good question. Uh, since D.C. is like the Capitol police, <laughs> we have like six different police jurisdictions running around here. But essentially, the Capitol gets, uh, is run by the Capitol Police. Um, we also have uh, the National Guard in D.C. However, the big thing that people were making a stink out of was they didn't deploy the D.C. National Guard in response to this event. And it also appears the Capitol Police kind of were, were underprepared <laughs> for the, the size of that event, too. Um, but the National Guard situation was brought up because the mayor of D.C. doesn't have the actual power to summon them, whereas in states um, like Virginia or Maryland, the governor can deploy the police forces. And so the DC police actually don't have jurisdiction on any federal property, which is like the mall, all those Supreme court, the Capitol, the houses of uh, the houses of Congress, all that stuff. That's all Capitol police land, federal land. Uh, Secret service has jurisdiction there as well, but they're also a pretty small group comparatively, but the national guard is the responsibility of the president and the mayor asked for the national guard from DC, but, uh, Trump denied them for several hours, even after the insurrection attempts. Um, from what I can tell, they were released after the Virginia and Maryland governors released their National Guards. So it was just like a situation where it seemed like uh, Capitol Police were just underprepared and there was nobody else in that jurisdiction able to help that the, the president wanted there. So that's kind of what it seemed like. It was just a thin police force all around. And... And it's in stark contrast to what was seen here in, um, oh, hold up. 
yeah stark contrast to we saw last summer from you know there was the, the national guard was called after some riots um but it was after a few days of protest and there was a bit of looting so after that then the national guard was deployed and so the thought was any inflammatory situations do they call for the national guard and that's kind of the the, the question here you know was it appropriate do people take it as seriously you know was the threat of violence there subjective so you know yeah i know the the um chief of capitol police resigned and there were a few officers that also resigned i know the the guy who was taking a selfie uh had, was resigned no really no way yeah really? yeah that. yeah <laughs> i mean i remember seeing that and just thinking like what the hell this is wild uh yeah and but the other guy uh eugene goodman who like random distracted them from the where all the uh congress uh people were is my understanding i think he's getting some big medal so um yeah i mean the stories we'll coming see. out of that yeah. are crazy. The stories that, I mean, just circulate, whether they're real or not, they're crazy, man. <laughs> like, especially, I mean, just just thinking off the top of my head, I mean, that, that uh, Ashley Babbitt woman trying to enter the Capitol was the talking point immediately because that was the one caught on camera. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the big one. And, I mean, outside of that, there was the Capitol police officer who committed suicide a couple of days after that that also happened. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's a lot of wear and tear on these people, mentally and physically. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine trying to hold off a crowd like that when you're so under, you know, underprotected and have no backup. Like, you would almost just have to let them start rushing through. Like, what are you going to do? They're going to rush through or get trampled on, you know? All these people have baseball bats and hockey sticks and all kind of guns. Like, it was nuts. I mean... The, the amount of older Americans there too was pretty high. I mean, two people died from cardiac events. Like, <laughs> it's pretty scary, you know. I mean, and the woman did get trampled as well. So that did happen. <laughs> it's just really a shame. Yeah, one one thing we've seen is um, a bunch of arrests like the last week as well. Um, what's the guy from West Virginia, Derek Evans? I think he he got arrested. He's like a state senator, I believe. Yeah. Or- so, um, oh my gosh! Uh, I think Ned, you were the one who told me he was live streaming from inside the Capitol. Is hey, that true? Catch this: he was live streaming on Facebook, jumped <laughs> into the Capitol through a window, and said, "David Evans or Derek Evans is in the Capitol." <laughs> and this is uh, what a month or two after getting elected, you know? <laughs> what a West Virginia well, story. He probably lost no support after that either. <laughs> I heard he jumped into polls plus twenty. Yeah, he probably gains. I don't think they let him. I think they wouldn't like swear him in or something after yeah, that. Yeah. They doubled down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's them, and I mean, I've been seeing that a bunch of off-duty cops from across the country showed up as well. Um, and that just spells that's not a good sign <laughs> if that's actually what happens, you know. Yeah, I was. I was so like for the inauguration, they're background checking like a lot of the. Um, National Guard and like other security forces to make sure they don't have any like extreme right wing affiliations and stuff like that. Because obviously we saw some of that with the Capitol Police and police officers that were there off duty that they have those kind of affiliations with like, you know, the Proud Boys or another group like that. 
Yeah, I think we see this far too often in um, like ex-military or police guys, unfortunately. But uh, it's it's definitely a trend. I mean, the the one woman who shot was Air Force veteran, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, he took an oath to defend the country. <laughs> what are you doing here at the Capitol, trying to overthrow it? You know? Attack it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the other big thing we saw this week was um, Trump getting banned from basically everything from uh, Twitter to YouTube to Snapchat to Facebook to Parler. I mean, got, I'm probably missing a bunch. He yeah. got banned on Twitch. I didn't even know he was on there, man. What is he streaming? Like Warzone? <laughs> Only politician on Twitch is AOC, man. What is Trump doing on Twitch, man? <laughs> Oh, Twitch. I mean, he wasn't even. Also, he wasn't banned from Parlor. Parlor was dropped from all the app stores. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and they got their server dropped by Amazon. They were hosted on Amazon servers and got dropped. So they're not even live right now. I don't think. I mean, do you guys think that the companies are overstepping, or do you guys do you guys agree with it? I mean, I think it's a it's in well within the rights of a private company to you know, ban users if they you know, misuse their guidelines. So, I mean, constitutionally, I think it's totally fair. Um, ethically, I don't know. I mean, I agree with it in the sense that we shouldn't have uh, escalate these voices. But on the other hand, it, I've read an article that made it hard for, it's going to make it harder for law enforcement to track these people because it's not in like a common place like Facebook. They have their, you know, go into these other, deep, you know, wherever threads they're on to try to find more like violent acts like this. So I, it's, it comes with both sides. Yeah. I mean, these people are going to find a place to, you know, build their online community and speak. Like I think a lot of um, groups are moving to telegram. If you guys have heard of that, it's pretty big in the UK. It's kind of like a Slack type mm-hmm. thing, but there's like forums um, so apparently like they got like, I don't know, plus 25, some ridiculous million of users. And since, uh, Trump got banned from everything. So, I mean, it might be the move to telegram next. It's they're going to find a place, it, but you know, obviously private companies have the right to tell Trump and his face to go be loud somewhere else. Yeah. I think they're thinking is it's not amplified as much, you know? If you're on those small sites like that, it's like it keeps it to a more small confined group. Whereas if you're on Facebook, you know, your racist uncle uh, is going to find it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's kind of tough ethically just because, you know, it sets the precedent for them to do this when they feel that um, certain people or movements have become too powerful. But then like, what is that line? Who decides what that line is? You know, what if they're on the wrong side of that line? It, it, right. it really does kind of make it a weird. And especially since Twitter was like the main communication tool for the president the last four years, it, it made a very private company like the public domain of the president. You know, Right. But I mean, the president does have so many other avenues to get out to people. It doesn't have to use Twitter. I guess that's their argument. You know, like this is a private company. He doesn't have to use Twitter. You can use any number of other avenues to get out to the public and as well as it created a violent insurrection. I think that's kind of like a very serious um, kind of situation. Whereas if that happened with another powerful group, I think they'd have a right to ban them, you know? 
Yeah, playing a hypothetical here. I mean, the these big tech companies, their employees are all 20, 30 year olds living in California. It's a really liberal base. And if they weren't, you know, formed from a liberal base and had more of a liberal culture, would they ban Trump? You know, maybe it's a different story. So, I mean, I get that there maybe should be guidelines for when to ban someone. But um, I mean, obviously, it's within their right. But it's it is scary to think like the power that they yield with that. Yeah, I mean, what if it was the flip side? What if Silicon Valley was in Arkansas? You know, what happens then? Yeah, really. <laughs> but that's kind of the, the ethical thing there. I thought it was kind of a because I saw like other countries were kind of like calling it a questionable move to to remove him. Like I know Merkel in Germany had some issues with that. Um, oh, really? I didn't look at that. Mm-hmm. But eh, it's just an interesting thing to think about. It's funny because Germany they have they don't have the same um, <clears throat> emphasis on free speech that the U.S. has. Anyway, um, for example, you know Nazis can demonstrate, uh, you know, in um, in the U.S. with no problem, but in Germany that's illegal. You know, if you're a hate group, you can't you can't demonstrate, which is obviously can be a gray area sometimes. Uh, is this group a hate group or not? You know, yeah, who decides that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna see like how how it uh how it develops here with with where the base goes. Maybe Telegram, but it could the the bands could just follow them, especially if Amazon and other big companies are backing this movement. Whatever little app they jump on, you know the sort of canceling might be after them it follows yeah it's all owned by somebody (laughs) and linked to the bigger tech companies Uh, i guess it's the same thing i mean you can always look at the news the same way too right um you know certain people own the mainstream media news but that's you know kind of their point i guess (laughs) so you can pick and choose where you want to right want people to hear you know I mean, that's the problem with a lot of these companies, you know, that's I have a lot of these factions like tremble up because they can hear whatever they want. They don't have to hear the other side, you know? Yeah. The echo chamber, they call it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like anywhere they set up, it's going to be an echo chamber at this point. So it's tough, you know, who, yeah. who's there to draw the line? Like say, this is unhealthy behavior for the country. Is that someone you know, is that even worth doing? Right. Maybe just let all of it out there. I don't know. But the problem is the, the algorithm is made to send you more info that you agree with. So then you only see things you like. Oh, you know, for yeah. me, I only see AOC and Bernie and all these people. You know, I don't see Jim Jordan. I don't see uh, Trump or whatever. So, but and then I spend more time on Twitter, you know? All right. That's how it works. That's, that's, that's the problem is they're trying to get you to use their product more. That's their number one goal. They don't care about, you know, information or free speech or anything like that. They just want you to use their product more. That's their number one goal, no matter what, no matter what they tell you, that's what it is. So that's really the issue with private companies like that. Yeah. They cater to the customer. The customer wants to see a certain thing and it'll make them happier. Yeah. <laughs> I guess to your point, even if you see Jim Jordan, it'll be in a negative light. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if somebody's on the exact opposite, seeing AOC is going to take over the world memes all the time. Right. <laughs> the know. squad is here to take your guns. <laughs> <laughs> the squad is here to take your guns. I guess uh, in Twitter's defense, um, one statement they had about um, banning Trump was that uh, he was planning on um, getting a event around the 19th in D.C. again, like basically holding another Save America March type deal. Um, So I guess like in their defense, if he's actively using their platform to plan events that could end like, you know, they did a week ago, they, they have every right to ban him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's <fair. laughs> it's hard to argue. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the, th- the same thing that we're fighting against is just to get the power away from the corporations, you know. But I'm really going to miss know, if we're going to use Trump's their corporations platform. You know? Yeah, I'm really going to miss Trump's uh, Madden online dynasty, though. That's going to be it's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we'll see what happens with uh, state capitals around um, the 20th as well, because I guess every state capital is going to be ramped up with 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 National Guard. It'll be, it'll be a day to watch the news for sure. Yeah, they kind of said that they're um, it's possible that they have, um, you know, rallies or protest riots, whatever you want to call them at every state capital. They've seen that on the Internet, you know, bubble up on these far right platforms. So. Um, Hopefully they'll stay safe. I'm thinking that people in Pennsylvania won't know it's in Harrisburg and they'll go to Philly instead. So that'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, won't make much of a difference. All the people in New York show up to New York City. City, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the capitals are usually like right in the middle. People don't really know them. So hopefully they'll be all right. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I guess, what do you guys think about the the transition? What do you think Biden should do? What do you think should be his primary plan? Well, um, sorry, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. I was going to say, I just saw that he he's releasing his um, a, a stimulus package tonight at one point nine trillion. So um, it's going to include fourteen hundred dollar payments and a lot of. Uh, vaccine support for states and things like that so i mean i think he's really just got to focus on the vaccine in the first couple of days the vaccine and economy recovery i mean that's in the first hundred days i would imagine is going to be his sole focus um because the vaccine has not been getting out as fast as they would like so i would imagine that's got to be number one focus and everything revolves around that yeah, I mean, that was what his platform was running around, was his ability to handle the COVID-19 vaccine better than Trump did. And so he'll have to really show out in these first few months, now that we have the vaccine, that he gets it out to people efficiently. That's true. So, you got to wonder if, if there wasn't COVID, if Trump got elected again, you know, maybe he, he would have. So I firmly believe he would have. Yeah. <laughs> I firmly believe he would have. That shows like how much power he still has, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people didn't see the country as that bad when, well, before COVID, you know, the economy was doing fine. And if you were a, a 
middle-class white person, your life was great, you know? Like, I don't think that they would have got the support. Like, COVID put everything in perspective, I think. Yeah, one of the problems for Biden, like, in if we talk about the first 100 days, because that's always, like, the catchphrase, is everything has been delayed. Like, he still has to get all his cabinet confirmed. The impeachment is going to make everything take longer. Um, so it's not going to be easy first 100 days, especially with COVID and like the transition getting pushed back and all these problems with it. That and I mean, the, the, the content of his bills are like substantial. I mean, that infrastructure bill is $2 trillion, but it's it's a lot that goes into that. They're trying to build the infrastructure for renewable energy across the country to compete with oil. And that's like his initiative. So a lot of this other stuff gets in the way. I think that, you know, it makes it a lot harder to accomplish that in the time he needs to. So, uh, you know, personally, I, I thought they should, they should just not deal with the impeachment because you know it's going to take a long time. You know it's going to get extended out and just go on to the policy, go on to what they need to do because, you know, two years seems long, but it's, it's short in, in politics. Yeah. Yeah, but sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you got to think, you wonder if the Republicans are supporting this impeachment to kind of slow down Biden. Like I saw McConnell is open to the impeachment, but it might be just to slow down Biden, you know, and his plans because he doesn't want him to get these things passed. Yeah, McConnell was kind of like he said, uh, I, I don't know his exact quote, but he seems like uh, he didn't like what happened. Um, and But uh, Murkowski, the senator from um, alaska said that she would vote for an impeachment so but you need two-thirds majority right or what is what is how does it work in the senate um i believe that's correct for impeachment you need two-thirds so i that's forget, gonna be tough i forget yeah. the number of republicans they would need so i guess the 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 the, the technicality here is that the impeachment's actually done already he's been impeached so it's just the trial to remove him. That's what's been held up. And so right. I think they, they would need two thirds of the vote in the Senate to, to, to remove actually him from office. Remove to remove him. someone who's already gone. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it begs the question, you know, what is an impeachable offense? You know, and that thing, it's kind of changed over time and it's gone from lying about, you know, uh, what Bill Clinton lied about and <laughs> uh, to, um, you know, calling for a riot to overtake the Capitol. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you guys think um, a lot of the counterpoints I heard that was that uh, Democrats have kind of cheapened impeachment because of the um, Russian uh, interference trials and, and now this, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I think the first one was a little bit of a stretch. Um, I supported it just because I was a Democrat, but I did see that as a little bit of a stretch for an impeachable offense. Um, but this one, I think, is absolutely an impeachable offense. I think anyone who incites a riot at the Capitol and people die should not run the country. So um, I think this one is legit, but the first one, uh, it was a little too far, I think. The first one was just... I felt like they were impeaching him because they didn't like him as a person, not because they had like the most solid evidence, you know, which is in some ways you could say they cheapened it, but it's really like, what do you value in a leader? 
more about you know more than what was really done i think it's what 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 matters to you from your leader yeah i mean you saw this time was a much more partisan uh impeachment 10 10 representatives uh from the gop voted for impeachment um most of them i saw were from kind of like battleground or um maybe more left-leaning states like uh, Michigan, Ohio, Washington State. But there was one guy from South Carolina, you know, which is pretty much as red as it gets, uh, Tom Rice, who voted for impeachment. So kudos to him. A lot of people said he was the most surprising vote of the day. Hmm. I think the House is a tougher situation because they're more – they're not like senators. We're senators two per state. Reps can be very representative of a certain area. Um, whereas like some of these Republican guys, I mean, they have 80% of their constituents are Trump supporters who believe the, the Capitol riots were patriotism, you know? So like for those people, it seems like they're kind of fighting for their political careers. And if they don't say that he shouldn't be impeached, then they're essentially saying, I don't want to have this job anymore. Mm. That's a good point. I mean, like... It's easy to say like no or he should be impeached when you have all Democrats in your district or it's split, but it's a lot harder when it's like, all right, this is who I'm trying to appeal to, <laughs> you know. Then you get situations where, you know, you can't answer the question straight and you say like, oh, you condemn the president, but you still don't vote for him to be impeached. I mean, I think we saw that on the, the House floor mm-hmm. um, this week for sure. And we'll probably see more of it in the Senate Yeah. The Senate is more, they have to appeal to more diverse populations. I mean, in some cases they don't, but for the most part, it's, it's like, you know, it's a whole state here. <laughs> it's not just like some random County in Georgia, you know? <laughs> right. So it'd be interesting. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think that that does it for our our, our little politics talk this week. Uh, thank you for joining us, Washington correspondent Ned Bent. We appreciate your insight. Appreciate yeah. your time. Pleasure <laughs> to have you. It's a lot of uncertainty in America. We're going to see how it plays out. So uh, come back, uh, come back next week for an update on the uh, the inauguration. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk a little bit more. Uh, maybe we can get another uh, guest correspondent, Ned. You can get maybe a first person on how it went down in D.C. Yeah, we're going to send you down there live streaming, okay? Yeah. I'll get on Facebook Live. And then <laughs> Wait, Ned Ben's here. We're going to get you in a, in a white T-shirt, marker OAN on your, on your chest, and pretend to interview Trumpers, okay? <laughs> I'm actually with that. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll get some, uh, some 45 hats. There we go. <laughs> All right. All right. This has been All right. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> uh, okay. Time to stop recording. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of All Right. Shut Up. Make sure to go ahead and leave us a review. Help us grow the podcast. All right. Shut up. Catch us next week on all your favorite podcast sites.